Welcome to Highly Questionable. Dom is laughing because Sarah is struggling with her microphone. Uh, the old man is off today because he's resting and he's tired of carrying us. What do you like on the show today, Dom? Oh, my God. We get to talk about Lamar Jackson. He is incredible. <laughs> he is like a drug. He spun that man out of his soul on Sunday, and I love him. Sarah is uh, seething over there. Let's go. <laughs> Did Jason Garrett make a mistake by taking the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands? A Monday tradition unlike any other. The Cowboys lose. We immediately question the mannequin that Jerry Jones has running the Cowboys. You can question it because Ezekiel Elliott, for as good as a running back as he is, he's not very good in short yardage situations. He's actually kind of mediocre. But I don't believe that that's where the questions start. I understand that Dak Prescott had maybe the best game we've ever seen him have, and at home they lost. But they got dominated physically on those plays at the end on defense, but also when Minnesota was just running the ball on 10 straight plays. The Dallas Cowboys lost that game, and that's a physical football team because Minnesota was more physical right along that line and just bullied them along those lines. Yeah, but still, at the end of the game, you have a guy who is having, in my opinion, an MVP caliber season if it wasn't for the fact that their defense has been letting them down this far this season. You have him sitting in the backfield hitting on every pass that he throws, but you won't let him make a decision. The important part about having a quarterback who's able to run in passes on those short yard situations, you have a guy who is able to run in pass. You pigeonhole your offense when you just hand it to a running back who hadn't been running the ball well at all so far that game. But as you know, I'm high on Dak Prescott. I'm the president of his fan club. So for all the haters out there who say that Dak Prescott was just riding on the wings of Ezekiel Elliott in that great offensive line, where are you at now? I can't believe we've made it this far into the show without addressing the hippo in the room. Dan, do you only work on holidays now? I'm just trying to figure out your schedule. Is it just holidays? I'm just working 12 more days until I get to Thanksgiving, and then, you know, that's my favorite Okay, I just was making sure. Okay, as for the Cowboys, you guys are both right. Ezekiel Elliott, 20 carries for 47 yards. But if they go to him in that moment, and it works, everyone says that's the right play call for short yardage in that that particular situation. If they had gone to Dak and and they'd not been able to be successful, with the pass, people would have said that's the exact time you're supposed to call a run play. So this is very nice revisionist history we're doing. I think Dan's point is probably the best one, which is they didn't lose the game on that set of play calls. They lost it because Dalvin Cook and the Vikings just beat the hell out of them. By the way, hippo in the room, that kind of hurt a little bit. I feel like elephant would have sufficed there, Sarah. Elephant would have been fine, too. I'm just talking about your namesake at the Miami Zoo, or what would be namesake. Should the Chiefs be more encouraged by Patrick Mahomes' performance or more discouraged by their defense? Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes comes out post-knee injury, 400-plus yards, three touchdowns, looks exactly like the guy he was before the injury, but that should be a surprise to pretty much no one. It's nice, for sure, but far more concerning than exciting is that they gave up 8.7 yards per carry on the ground, that they let the Titans put together a four-play, 61-yard drive for the go-ahead touchdown. They were ineffective on special teams, downright terrible trying to make field goals. This is a team that has never had to worry about whether it's quarterback quarterback is good enough to make it. It's every other piece of the team, and we saw it against this Titans team. That woo, They got a lot to work on if they want to be real contenders. Well, in this particular game, you brought up the field goal. That was the problem, is that they snapped the ball to a holder that was not prepared. <laughs> I don't think that they should be any more discouraged about their defense than they were last year, because their defense has been bad the whole time. Just as good as Patrick Mahomes has been is how bad that defense has been. But Patrick Mahomes puts incredible throws on top of incredible throws, and he, he does it so often that we get used to it and get tired of it. I think they should be encouraged by him did you see that it's 20 seconds left in the game and somehow he throws a dart 
off his back foot to complete a pass to get him in the field goal range, and still the, guy, the Titans had to cheat in order to block it. So they should be encouraged. Patrick <laughs> Jeez, Mahomes, I mean, he was offsides. The guy was offsides. Have you seen the play? The guy was offsides. So Patrick Mahomes is fantastic, and it doesn't matter how bad your defense is if your quarterback can do that at any given moment. Second consecutive week, though, that Sarah's stat holds up with eight yards per carry. That is alarming, and it's not a way to win if they have to play in cold weather in the playoffs. But I do want to marvel at the simple athleticism of Mahomes. It's not even the play that he's talking about at the end of the game. How about the 65-yard touchdown pass that he had where he's just hopping up in the air (laughs) on third and nine? What are you supposed to do on a defense when you're coming at him, you make him move up in the pocket, his own only place to go is straight up in the air, and that's what he ends up doing to, to end up in the end zone over there. But they should be concerned about their defense because that's exactly how they will lose in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes can't outscore everybody, especially if you do what the Patriots did in the playoffs last year where you get a quick 14-0 lead because you're just holding on to the ball the whole half. Patrick Mahomes can outscore everybody. <laughs> they beat the Patriots last year. It was an offsides uh, penalty that cost them. He outscored them even though they were down. Patrick Mahomes is that good. That defense can't get bad enough to stop that man. Did you see that pass? You're just naming one pass. You're not even taking into account the fact that he put him in a in position to win without that pass off a knee that was just dislocated three weeks ago. The man is a god. Worship him, please. <laughs> Even more scary on that jump pass is that he threw it to Mecole Hardman, who's not even the fastest guy on that team. Somehow that is not the fastest player on that team, and you saw what he did on that run. He ran past two guys, and neither of them touched him. And he's not even the scariest receiver on that team. We refuse to talk about the Titans, because every year for the last (laughs) 10 years, they're 5-5 and after 10 games. Always in the mix. Somehow at the end, we're going to look down and we're going to be like, nine wins? The Titans had nine wins again? How do the Titans always have nine wins? Name three players. Name them. (laughs) Who deserves more blame for the Rams' loss? Jared Goff, Sean McVay, or the Steelers? Well, you got to give the Steelers credit, and Mike Tomlin especially credit, for showing up and fighting with all of their stars gone and a backup quarterback. But this is on Goff. The last 17 games, Bill Barnwell was crushing it on the ESPN Daily podcast this morning, listing all the statistics that show you that Jared Goff is a bad quarterback for the last 17 games. He's down with the likes of Eli Manning and Mitchell Trubisky and QBR and passer rating. This is a guy who has the third worst expected completion percentage to his actual completion percentage, only better than Cam Newton who's injured and Josh Rosen who's been benched. This is not the same Goff, and McVay is a part of it, too, because it was able to disguise or support him in ways that seem to have disappeared. Defenses have figured out how to stop the Rams' strengths, and McVay hasn't come back with anything to answer. There's a conspiracy theory that he's just saving it up. Well, time to stop saving it. Now would be a great time to actually put out something useful on your offense. Yeah, I think we need to give a lot more credit or blame in this case to the Steelers' defense for disrupting that because while I understand the Rams haven't been good at offense for quite some time, the Steelers, it's really, really difficult to get up and get motivated when your offense has a quarterback who is not good, I think we can all say that safely, and they are doing a good enough job putting them in games and winning games. So that aside, if we're going to put any blame on the Rams, it has to be on McVay. Like, we gave McVay all the credit when golf was good. So when golf is bad, it's his responsibility to figure out a way to, to sort this out. He is the boy genius. He's the offensive mastermind who has been so good that anyone who stood at the hem of his garment got a job. So now 
time for you to mastermind. Figure it out. I don't care about your running back's knees or your quarterback's limitations. At this point, you're the guy. I know that we marvel at the Patriots in general, but take a look at the last three Super Bowl teams, Atlanta and Philadelphia and now the Rams, and what they become while the Patriots (laughs) stay on top and the Patriots stole the soul of the Falcons and they did the same thing to the Rams. And what you're seeing right now, though, is a system quarterback that's being exposed because his offensive line isn't very good. They are mixing and matching along the offensive line. And now what you're looking at is they've got a whole lot of money tied up in a running back who's got a bad knee and a quarterback who absolutely needs the offensive line and the system to be great. I'd go off the board here. I'd go offensive line before I'd go anything else because golf can't be great without an offensive line. Well, Gurley didn't even touch the ball in the fourth quarter. That tells you a lot about where you're sinking your money in a guy that you don't even have out there in the fourth quarter. And you're right about the offensive line. They were incredibly lucky that in 17 and 18, they didn't lose a single offensive line player to injury for one game. And now they're having to deal with injuries and replacements. And that shuffle is absolutely a big part of this. But I wouldn't say I blame the offensive line more than Jared Goff, the guy behind the line that can't seem to do anything unless the situation around him is perfect. On fourth down, they decided to do a fake punt and let the punter throw the ball rather than let Jared Goff throw it. That says it all. So now you're blaming the punter after you blame the holder. (laughs) You are just attacking special teams throughout the league today. That's what you're doing. Yep. They don't got much pressure. They actually throw one ball every six weeks, Hecker. Complete it. Coming up next on my show, Stevie Shaw. By the way, Dabo Swinney is the reigning national champion and hasn't lost a game, and yet we're just pretending he doesn't exist. <laughs> it's because we like the, uh, the accent on the guy we don't understand. Ooh, go Tigers. Highly Questionable is brought to you by Modelo, a taste that's pure gold. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Is Lamar Jackson starting to make you believe that he's the best player in the NFL? Starting to make me believe that. I mean, I might have already believed that before this game, but they put up the Ravens, put up 49 points to the Bengals 13. Lamar Jackson had a perfect passer rating, and somehow the greatest highlight that we've had so far this season wasn't even of him passing. It was of him running and embarrassing the entire Bengals defense. I know their defense isn't great, but they're an NFL quality defense. You're not supposed to be putting up the type of highlights that you did in college against one double A schools against this type of team. Lamar Jackson is outstanding. what he's meant to that team and to that offense, I think, makes him a a legitimate MVP candidate. In my view, he might be the front runner because their offense is as efficient as some of the greatest offenses that we have seen in the league. You can go back to last year's Chiefs team, the 07 Patriots, or you can even go back to those Super Bowl Falcons. This team is scoring on more than 50% of their drives, just like those teams. They are fantastic. They're the number one scoring offense in all of football with a run-focused style. So I think what Lamar Jackson is doing there puts him in position for us to consider him the MVP and maybe he's the best player in the league. There's obviously some still some more questions about him passing if they're down by a lot of points, but they're never down by a lot of points because they score on almost every single drive. So they get up early and Lamar's style allows them to salt the game away. It's outstanding. When we last saw him play a playoff game, he went two complete hours of football without completing a pass. And now he looks like an unprecedented football player. We are watching something that I don't believe any of us have seen. When you look at what it is that the Ravens are doing, think about this. 
They told you all offseason that this is what they were going to do, and not even Belichick could do anything about it, that they were going to do it this way. I can't believe that we're in a position where we see somebody who is changing the game at that position, but I worry about the same thing that I worried about this offseason. A high ankle sprain changes all of that, Dominique, because he's not going to be able to be the best athlete on the field if he keeps getting that kind of usage rate, and he's increasing his odds of getting hurt. The concern about him remains the same. He's going to get hurt playing this way because no quarterback has ever been allowed to play this way and stay healthy. Yeah, addressing that quickly, that's obviously going to be a concern. His usage, whether he gets injured, taking too many hits, whether this is sustainable over a number of years, whether they can come back. Those are all questions to be asked. But guys like Patrick Mahomes, who are similar age, similar experience, are the ones that are actually out with injuries while Lamar so far has managed to stay healthy. Now, addressing the original point, I think Russell Wilson might have something to say about whether he's the best player in the league. I think maybe Aaron Donald. It's very difficult to compare across different positions in the NFL who's doing their job better. But Lamar Jackson, the fact that we're even having this conversation is a testament to how great he's been. He is the first player in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating, at least 50 yards rushing and a touchdown run. That's a very specific stat, but it's still the first time anyone's ever done it. And we're seeing him do a lot of things that we haven't seen before. And every time we think somebody, whether it's Belichick or another great defense, is going to be able to scheme to beat him, they have figured out how to get through it. So, yeah, absolutely. He should be in the conversation for one of the best out there. One of the greatest things that I think he's bringing to the game and Deshaun Watson and a couple of these quarterbacks who play a little differently is diversity. As we see how analytics across basketball and baseball is causing all teams to kind of play the same way. Everyone's shooting a lot of threes. Everyone's trying to hit home runs. The one of the luxuries that football has because of players like this is the schemes are dynamic. You can go from week to week and it not even look like the same sport, which I think is a blessing for all of us sports fans. Well, and this is a perfect example of that because the Bengals have a terrible run defense, and instead of going out there and having Lamar Jackson run as much as he's averaged in other games, he actually run, ran far less. They went to the pass more often, maybe something that the Bengals weren't expecting, but you're right, the scheme can change a lot when you have a player who's as dynamic as him. Dominique, I don't want you to answer this as the player apologist. You've become an old age. I want you to answer this as a player who played in the league. You're on the other sideline. You look at the other sideline, and there is a player who is kicking your butt wearing sunglasses on the sideline. Are you admiring uh, the swag, or are you saying that ain't fair? I mean, if he did what he just did to us, I would pretend like I was upset, but I really were like, damn, I wish he was my quarterback and not Ryan Finley. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> is ed orgeron our new college football overlord lsu does a great job of sort of testing all of our coach worship they won a championship with a grass eater and less miles on the sideline and now they've got this swamp monster that nobody <laughs> understands with all of these pros all over the place winning games in ways that you're not expecting lsu to ever win games when they beat alabama it's nine to six it's not like this with an offense that's running roughshod and then a coach in the locker room afterward who's giving you the sound of a roll tide what bleep you and then you know breaking an energy drink can on his head. Love that he's here with the personality. Don't think it's coaching acumen and genius and strategizing that it's doing it for him. Think it's a whole lot of pro players because as he said in that locker room, he is recruiting the best of the best and they can be on a field with Alabama and look at the other sideline and have comparable bodies all over the field. 
It was certainly really fun to see LSU finally get over that hump, especially with that coach who seemed to mean much more to that state and to that university than any other coach. Like he, it means a lot to him too because he was almost in tears in the post-game press conference. But if he's going to make it to be our overlord, he's going to have to keep winning and win a national championship at some point. I'm normally not the guy to say pump the brakes, but I feel like in this case, it's appropriate because Nick Saban is as good as it gets. So he is our current overlord, maybe with Dabo Sweeney a little bit behind, but Ed Ogeron's going to have to win a few more games. However, that voice is magical. Is it? Is it insensitive <laughs> to imitate that? Like, is that something we could get in trouble for? I don't know. I don't understand the rules anymore. <laughs> Nobody does. Uh, I agree with you. He definitely did a huge thing this week, getting over the hump, leading his team. It was emotional. It was passionate. It was exciting. But Alabama has more national titles than home losses in the last 13 years. Okay? Like, you don't get to be the overlord because you beat a good team once. Alabama's 8-1 and one against LSU in their last nine meetings. I'm not sure how we're deciding overlord status, but it feels like we might be jumping ahead a little if you get to win one out of nine times and suddenly you take over the throne. Congratulations, LSU. Ed Ogeron, way more interesting and exciting to watch than Nick Saban, but uh, he's still everybody daddy. I mean, can we have a, an election for overlord? Because I feel <laughs> like I would, in that case... I mean, if you don't just have to claim the title, I would vote for Ed Ogeron. Like, he is everything I love about college sports. That and exploitation. By the way, Dabo Swinney is the reigning national champion and hasn't lost a game, and yet we're just pretending he doesn't exist. <laughs> it's because we like the, uh, the accent on the guy we don't understand. Let's go Tigers. This broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. Time to play the game that thinks highly questionable just got a lot hairier. Just not on the top of its head. I'm not that hairy, actually. I look like I'm hairy. I'm not that hairy. You give us topics and events, we'll tell you if we question them. Do you question who choked worse, Appalachian State's defense or South Carolina's offense? So Appalachian State is leading all game. And South Carolina, which had its season made by beating Georgia, has the ball down five late. Who chokes worse? That's what we uh, went to college for, to find out who chokes worse here. Down five. Oh. Oh, oh my God. How do you miss all of that? And then worse, you end up in some shrubbery. Oh. What happened? The Appalachian what? State defenders ran into oh. each other. Oh, what a terrible oh. feeling. He caught that ball. He ends up with, with shrubs in his mouth. What a terrible feeling. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. It's a terrible pass. The guy was wide open. You didn't have to lead him to that point. But also, it's kind of embarrassing for the SEC, right? Like, they talk about how there's a supreme conference. They have all the best teams. And the team that beat Georgia, who we think are a pretty good team, is now losing to App State. I mean, I think it's clear the offense choked worse. The defense knew exactly how to get into the brain of that QB. They said, you know what he's worst at? Completely wide open passes oh. to guys that have zero coverage anywhere near him. Try it. See what happens. Is that, a, is, that is he related to my friend Mitch? Because it seems quite similar to what my man Mitchell Trubisky does on a regular basis. That's an interesting thing that you might bring up because <laughs> Mitch had three touchdowns yesterday and He's the Bears won. He was pretty good yesterday, Dom. He was pretty okay. good. While you're sitting here you're blaming right. punters and holders, he was pretty good yesterday. 131 passer rating. Time to play the game that doesn't believe that Dan isn't that hairy. See? <laughs> or oh, no. <laughs> uh, excellent timing by all of us. Uh, you tell us what's on television. We'll tell you if we're intrigued or not. Tonight on ESPN, Monday night, football, Seahawks and 49ers. 
Yeah, this one looks like a little bit of fun, but Russell Wilson, who often is very boring when he's not playing football, is throwing a football here with some Harlem Globetrotters. They have Sweet Georgia Brown, a very famous song. We do not have the rights to that song, so instead we have our crappy house band doing this. What happened there? Accuracy. Oh, that's accuracy happened there. Okay. Yes, the accuracy of these quarterbacks... Uh, makes you understand why it is that Jameis Winston will never win anything in Tampa Bay. Uh, Dominique, are you intrigued? Of course I'm intrigued. It'll be fun. Russell Wilson is probably the leader in most people's MVP talks, but I think tonight is the night when Lamar Jackson overtakes him because Russell and the Seahawks, though their record has been impressive, they have not played very many good teams and their defense has been terrible. Their offense is scoring enough points to win, but I think when they go up against a tough defense like they have in San Francisco, they're going to fall behind and... From this point going forward, Russell's going to play a lot of difficult teams. I think he falls behind and Lamar takes over. I know the question wasn't about you Lamar, just to but talk so about what? Lamar. I you just love to talk Lamar. About Lamar. The, yes, it's the it's, greatest. It's boring. It's already boring. Sarah, are you intrigued? CC, very intrigued. I'm intrigued with the game. I'm also intrigued as to why ESPN would pay millions of dollars for NFL highlights so that we can show you that instead of literally right. any That's highlight right. of That's Russell right. Wilson right. doing yes. good things. Oh, yeah. God. Didn't spend millions of dollars on our crappy house band, though, did you? <laughs> no, no, we did not. That is all the time we have for today. Only one C or no. Do you guys have anything to plug? Dominique, what do you have to plug? Oh, absolutely. Go to undefeated.com. Read a lot of good writing there. I'm not there writing, but other people are. Okay, so he's plugging his not writing. Uh, Sarah, how about you? Do you have something to plug that is actually yours? I do. That's what she said with Sarah Spain. New episodes out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. I'm also plugging Dan's look. Very tan, Ooh, very slender. Awesome. I love Little it. time slender. off is good for you, buddy. Yes. Wow. Slender. Uh, you're you're trying to make up for the hippo reference earlier. The <laughs> unnecessary hippo reference is what you're trying to do. <laughs> Too late? <laughs> did, I, did it work? 